Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello, I'm Mark Homer, and we are in the old M&S building, 99 apartments. We're in phase one and two, which are largely complete. And we're in one of the kitchens right now, which is nearly ready. In this video, I'm going to give you an update on where the economy is right now and what we're going to be looking at for the next six to 12 months. Before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. So the property market is clearly still booming, especially for houses, especially for houses in more leafy areas. I've just had a friend on today um, just show me a house uh, in a village not far from here. Uh, sold, I think it's about three and a half thousand square foot, nice five bed house. Sold for 1.35 million cash, full asking price, and sold within a week. Uh, and I think that's 380 pounds a foot for a village around here for a, you know, a sort of 10 year old property. That's really strong money, really, really strong money. Um, and that's probably a level I, I've never seen before. I'm certainly seeing it here with our little terraces. Um, you know, they've been increasing significantly. Um, and um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people chasing uh, not enough properties. Uh, I think flats have lagged behind. Uh, but apparently they're catching up now and I think you'll get a double bubble on flats because shortly leaseholders are going to be able to extend their leases to 999 years with no ground rent so you'll probably see um, you know the, the value of flats increase significantly once that actually happens because it's, it's quite clear that they're, they're going to be put in the position almost as if they were a freeholder shortly. I mean the bubble, the, the growth that we're in at the moment is clearly significant. Um, you know, is there going to be a crash? You know, it's the crash that never happened. Who knows? It could happen. You know, it, it depends when there's a shock, doesn't it? Last time the shock was uh, the, the banks got themselves into trouble and stopped lending. Well, that'll definitely do it. Um, this time we had a pandemic, but the government supported it all with lots of cash. I suspect if this time you'd had George Osborne uh, and David Cameron uh, in charge, uh, the result might have been different. Um, maybe they wouldn't have supported the economy to the same extent. Uh, and you know the government wouldn't have taken quite so much debt on, um, but you know Boris, ever the uh, the people pleaser, um, has, has, has tried to re retain his popularity. Looks like he's doing that reasonably successfully. Uh, and let's just say perhaps he's leaving somebody else to clear the mess up in future years. So furlough's supposed to end uh, in September. Clearly, that's the biggest test. Um, I've heard so many times that things are all going to go wrong when the furlough ends. Uh, and they've extended it and extended it. Um, clearly, if everything's open by September, the argument for extending it will be uh, very weak. Um, so you would imagine that there's a high possibility it will end. Clearly, the government is trying to match um, the demand for labour with you know, the point at which they remove the furlough scheme. So you know, it remains to be seen uh, what effect that will have. It's definitely going to have some effect because furlough has become the waiting room to redundancy. Um, clearly when the stamp duty holiday ends uh, June that is going to have an effect as well I, I suspect it will slow down the residential property market um, you know the, the, that, that could be you know significant is it going to on its own create a crash um, I think it's pretty unlikely 
Um, you know, we saw in 2016 big stamp duty changes. Uh, this doesn't have to be like MIRAS, uh, you know, when the mortgage interest relief ended uh, decades ago. And, you know, that some people say precipitated the, the, the crash then. Uh, but, you know, clearly uh, there are loads and loads of things happening, loads of moving parts. Um, and especially at the moment, as we come out of a pandemic, we're, we're unsure where things are going. So, you know, it could, it could change on a, a move on a sixpence. I get asked a lot from investors, should I buy now or should I wait? What you should do is go and find a really good deal. And if you can find a really good deal now and you get good income from it and it yields well and you hold on to it, it will be a great thing. Um, you know, yes, timing is important, but it can be quite difficult to work out exactly where you are in the cycle. Um, so, you know, property prices over the next 10 years, are they going to go up? Very lightly. Um, but in the short term, it's very difficult to, to, to know what the direction is. Um, but, you know, I, if I was offered a really good deal uh, and I could convert it or, you know, maybe it was a single let and I was getting it for a really good price, you know, and I could refurb and add lots of value and it was a good yield. Yes, I would buy now. So clearly we've had a really disruptive year. Um, what I certainly and, and many other people couldn't predict was the extent to which the government and Boris and Rishi would get their checkbook out, spray money all over the place, a little bit like what Boris seems to do in his private life. The result of that is there's a huge amount of debt gone onto the um, government's balance sheet um, and it, they need to sort of pay that back. What that's done, it's really helped the real economy and most economists are now predicting a post-pandemic boom like we haven't seen since uh, perhaps the Second World War. Everybody's been inside. The savings rate has gone absolutely uh, stratospheric. People have not been spending their money. And apparently now, as we open up, people are going to be spraying that money all over the place and spending. Um, so that's going to create GDP growth. It's going to create economic growth. House prices, you've seen what's happening to those. A lot of that is because people are wanting to move. Uh, but in addition, the lenders have just kept on pumping the money out. The Bank of England has encouraged them to do it. Stamp duty is still relatively low and people have been looking for more space. So what happens for the next sort of six to 12 months? Well, I think it's pretty clear that the government is going to have to let inflation rise. Um, and that's going to be probably one of the main ways that they're going to pay this debt back. So they're actually going to devalue sterling by inflating it. Uh, and the same is going to happen to the US dollar and the same will happen to the euro. So they'll all probably, it'll happen at a similar rate between them. So the exchange rate might not change that much. The pound in your pocket is going to be worth less. That is a key way to pay debt down. If you've got, let's say the government's got two trillion pounds worth of debt. Um, if you can increase uh, inflation and also GDP, make the economy bigger and also increase prices uh, by devaluing the currency, you can effectively increase the amount of tax take um, that you receive from individuals, from companies, from different parts of the economy. Uh, and then you can use that to pay your debt down. So the real value of that two trillion is going down even if the government is not paying any of it back physically. The same happens with your mortgage. As inflation picks up, um, inflation will pay the mortgage down, and even in interest-only mortgage, um, because what it will effectively do is increase your wages and all of the money that you can take from your customers and everywhere else um, will increase. Therefore, 
meaning that you can pay your mortgage down quicker. So that's clearly the strategy. It happened after 2008, 2009. We saw coming out of that last recession, the government used a lot of QE, quantitative easing, um, they increased the money supply and they let inflation run higher. It wasn't massively high, it didn't get anywhere near 5%. Um, you know, and I, I don't think we're talking about double digit inflation or anything like that, but it's gonna go above the 2% target, I think, or they're, they're gonna sort of let it run there. They've also moved from the RPI to the CPI. Uh, the RPI was the Retail Prices Index, that registered a higher number. Uh, the CPI is, 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 is quite a bit less. Um, it, it registers maybe about 1% less, something like that. So some would say that's another way in which they're making inflation look less than it really is. So we're seeing a lot of uh, inflation in the cost of materials, uh, in the cost of labor. Um, we're seeing um, you know, electronics that uh, we you know, needed to import, even sort of there is some wage inflation uh, just because you know, the furlough scheme has continued. Uh, I know in some sectors, certainly hospitality, um, they're having problems um, rehiring because a lot of those um, staff have, have gone abroad or they've gone into other industries. Um, so there will be wage inflation there as well. Um, you wouldn't have imagined um, this scenario just a year ago. Uh, we were all talking about deflation uh, and um, sort of huge, ne hugely negative GDP, economy contracting as the government shut it down. But looks like um, you know on the 17th of May, uh, the next step will be taken, the economy will open, and then more and more will be spent as people do more and more in the economy and, and, and go out more and more. Post 2008, nine, um, there were various commentators and lots of members of the public thought we were gonna have hyperinflation. Um, you know, let's say inflation rates of above 10%, you know, going back to the 1970s, it didn't happen. Um, the, the Bank of England managed to control and, and, and just sort of set interest rates and QE and the other levers they've got to, to match the amount of money with demand um, reasonably successfully. But what happened was asset prices increased uh, significantly as interest rates went down. That's likely to happen again now. You've seen with house prices, um, you know, asset values are, are going up. Part of it's low interest rates and, and, and easy money and QE and the money supply increasing. Um, so, you know, the, the Bank of England clear, clearly doesn't see hyperinflation. I, I don't think most of the market sees that either, um, but certainly higher than 2%, maybe less than 5%. But these things can be very, very difficult to predict. Um, and clearly there are so many little wheels that move, so many different things at the government, the Bank of England, uh, and you know, things that can go on in the economy, commodity prices, oil prices. Um, all of this stuff feeds in um, to create an unpredictable result to some extent. So clearly uh, the S&P, the FTSE, uh, you know, Dow Jones, um, Hansen, all those um, markets around the world, the, the equities markets, the stock markets, have been doing very well coming out of the pandemic. And there's definitely been a shift from tech stocks to value stocks. So, you know, you'll see the sort of old school, um, you know, Unilever or, you know, maybe the utilities companies, um, all, all of those, or maybe even tobacco, you know, where they have sort of strengthened, you know, at, at the expense of, say, the Amazon, the Apple, uh, and maybe the Google. They did very well through the pandemic. They're still not doing, you know, badly in terms of share price, but 
the, the, the emphasis has, has switched to value because now as we come out of the pandemic, uh, it's the old school um, sort of staples that are, are likely to start doing better again uh, and their profits are, are likely to increase. Clearly, if the market can see inflation coming, uh, that means the prices those companies will be charging will be greater, therefore profits will be greater and therefore share price goes up in advance of that, in anticipation. So that some of that is, is baked in because of all the quantitative easing that they're doing uh, and the support that they've given. Um, but you know, all those markets are, are doing very, very well. Um, is there gonna be a crash? Well, you can never predict in the short term when the crash is going to be. Uh, there definitely will be a crash, but it, it could be you know, many years into the future. Um, but um, you know, I, I think if you're investing in those markets, uh, you know, your pound cost averaging, you're going in at various different points and you're investing over the long run. Um, you know, I, I'll probably go into trackers mainly. Um, you, know, you can get your six, seven percent capital and income all rolled up over the long run. So I tried to have a go at Rolls Royce first thing this morning um, and I, I put a fill or kill order in and I didn't quite get it for the amount that I wanted. Um, but, um, you know, the aviation sector has clearly taken a beating is going to be one of, if not the last sector out of this um, pandemic recession. Um, Rolls-Royce supplies the engines to all the airlines. Um, um, so, you know, would that be a company that's likely to be here in sort of 10, 20 years time? Yes, you know, quite likely. Um, you know, is, is, do, do I believe in the business model? Yes, absolutely. Uh, are they having uh, an issue at the moment because they've got massive losses because they can't supply, uh, the airlines don't want to buy the engines from them, yes. So to me, this is like another VW or like BP when they were spilling oil into the Gulf of Mexico. Um, you know, there's, there's been loads and loads of these, which I quite like, co-op, we had to go on that when they had their bother. Had to go on Lloyd's um, in the middle of the pandemic, that's, that's been quite nice. Um, you know, is Rolls-Royce gonna go down more? quite potentially, uh, quite possibly. Um, but is it gonna look like a good thing, you know, in five or 10 years time? I think there's a good likelihood of that. People are constantly asking me, will the market crash or will there just be a correction? Um, that could be the same thing to a lot of people. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, in the short term, uh, I just think it's a naive question. Nobody has the answer. Therefore, expecting, asking someone the question, and expecting them to give you an accurate answer um, is a, a fool's game. That's my update, my predictions of the market. Thank you very much. It's Mark Homer, over and out.